Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we read from Psalm 77. To the choir master, according to Jedithan, a psalm of Asaph. I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble I seek the Lord. In the night my hand is stretched out with wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When, my, when I meditate, my spirit faints. Salah. You hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of Yahweh. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You with your arm redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. Salah. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled, the clouds poured out water, the skies gave forth thunder, your arrows flashed on every side, the crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lighted up the world, the earth trembled and shook, your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. This is the word of the Lord. Our key and crucial point in this psalm to understand is what do we do in those moments where we feel lost? In those moments where we feel like sin has won, death has won, the devil has won, where it seems like this is never going to end, the sorrow, the pain, whatever it is you're going through, it has you crushed. And it seems like God is absent. It seems like God is no longer fighting for you. Where do you turn? As Christians, how do we avoid the pit of despair? In those moments, in every moment, the world is dark and growing darker still. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13 promises that to be the case. I mean, think about it. Everybody that lives is a sinner. As we have more sinners in the world, there's more sin in the world. We turn to God's promises. 
We trust in his promises. We remember his promises. Yes, it doesn't feel like it. Feelings are fleeting. Feelings come and go. The Lord gave us feelings. I'm not saying they're bad, but we don't put our trust in our feelings. Yes, we feel lonely. Yes, we feel like God has abandoned us. Yes, we feel like the enemy is winning. Yes, we feel sad. Yes, we feel despair. Yes, we feel sorrow. But, but God is still faithful. Our feelings do not trump the word of God. Our feelings do not undo his promises. They're still there. They're still for us. So reflect together on what those promises are. That Christ has already defeated sin, death, and the devil. That Christ has forgiven your sins. That Christ has promised to take your body and soul and raise them up from death. That Christ has promised a new heaven and a new earth to you. That Christ has promised that you will live forever with him in paradise. It doesn't matter what happens in this world right now. It doesn't matter how many fiery darts the devil throws your way. It doesn't matter if your boss hates you. It doesn't matter if you're fired. It doesn't matter if ultimately if the world kills us. Christ will raise us. That is the hope of the Christian. Jesus Christ, our Lord. And this is the point to drive home as a family as you talk about this hymn together. I wish we knew the tune of Jedithan so you could sing it together. You can sing it anyway. Come up with your own tune if you want to, or you can use... Uh, right before Psalm 1 in our Lutheran service book, the hymnal, you'll see some tunes that you can sing the psalm to together if you're musical like that. But we remember. This is what we see the psalmist Asaph do in one of his dozen psalms. He despairs as he takes his prayer to God, as he feels like there is no answer, and yet how he turns it right in the middle of the psalm. Verse 10. I will appeal to this to the ears of the right hand of the Most High. He remembers what God has done. And it overcomes all of his despair. God's promises shine through that darkness. All right, so let's take a look at some of the details here. I cry aloud to God, prayer, trusting that God will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. So we pray. We pray daily because every day is trouble in a broken and fallen world filled with sin and temptation. In the night my hand is stretched out without wearying. Seems to be a posture of prayer here. In the ancient world, uh, we still see this in some of those Eastern religions, that they would bow down with their face towards the ground and their hands stretched out in front of them, palms to the ground. In the Oran's style of prayer, uh, that you may see your pastor do, the hands are stretched out to the sides with palms facing the heavens. It's hard to say, but it is a posture of prayer from our context at the very least. My soul refuses to be comforted. So an expression of just how deep his feelings are crushed here in the moment. 
like King David at the death of his son with Bathsheba, refusing to be comforted when people came to him, even like King Cyrus in Daniel chapter 6 after he cast him into the lion's den. Cyrus, also called Darius the Mede in the book of Daniel, he won't be comforted. Not until the morning when he sees Daniel still alive, that God had rescued him. When I remember God, I moan. The psalmist grows weak in prayer. We have a, a strain of Christianity that tells us prayer should be the opposite, that prayer should be strengthening. It doesn't necessarily have to be, at least not in a worldly sense. He is strengthened. Verse 4, you hold my eyelids open. God holds him up. This is like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night of his betrayal. He grieves. His emotions run deep. He takes it to the Lord, and the Lord holds him up. This is where our strength comes from. The Lord, he upholds us. Not ourselves, not our own power. And so Asaph shares with us he is so troubled he cannot speak. But I hope that reminds you of Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. We may not be able to speak, but again, lean into God. Like the child, the child who is broken and hurting and despairing and crying and sobbing, they can't stand on their own anymore, but they fall into the arms of dad or mom, and they're just held. And even though the moment seems evil, suddenly there's a strength and a peace there that comes from outside of them. And this is what it is for us with Christ. We can't hold ourselves up. We come crashing down into him, falling, but he holds us. The psalmist considers past prayers, past times of celebrating in the Lord, and yet again in his despair, he brings these questions. And talk about these questions as a family. It's like I said yesterday, when you get a question mark in Scripture, good spot for family to talk together. Let your kids answer those questions. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? We know the answer to be no in Jesus Christ and his promises, the new heaven, the new earth that he has forgiven. He gives us salvation. Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Again, we know the answer is no. His love was not cut off. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Are his promises at an end for all time? No. His promises still stand. His promises are ever faithful. He's never turned his back on his word. And he won't start now. 
Has God forgotten to be gracious? No. You may not feel it in the moment. You may not see it in the moment, but Christ is for you. Christ is with you. Christ has already defeated whatever enemy it is that you face. Has he in anger shut up his compassion? No. He was patiently waiting for the right time to shower the world with his compassion in Christ's blood. And that time came. How do we know? That's the question really to pull from this. How do we know that his promises are not at an end for all time? Talk about that as a family. Why do you trust in Jesus? It's been 2,000 years. Why haven't you given up your faith? Why do you still cling to Christ? Why do you still hope? The Holy Spirit creates faith in us. The Holy Spirit leads us to believe that all of this is true, that this is God's holy word, and that as he has created the world, he will restore the world. As he has created us, he has restored us. As Christ lives, we live. So the psalmist, in the throes of his emotion, returns to what he knows. What he knows to be true. Who God is. What God has done. I will appeal to this to the years of the right hand of the Most High. The right hand, his fighting arm, his his sword arm, his saving axe. The psalmist Asaph remembers what God has done, his works of old. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? And the answer to that is easily none, for there is no other. You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. And we could go to many Old Testament examples, but Asaph very specifically here, And the rest of this psalm is going to turn to the Exodus. You redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. So the Israelites rescued them from Egypt by the power of his ten miracles, his ten wonders, his ten mighty signs, the ten plagues. And then when the waters saw you, O God, they were afraid. The deep trembled, the clouds poured out water, the skies gave forth thunder, your arrows flashed on every side, which is a reference to his lightning. Imagine like a battlefield being filled with arrows, so was this battlefield filled with God's lightning coming down from heaven upon his enemies. A terrifying picture. But the Lord rescued his people. He parts the Red Sea, they cross on dry ground, and the enemy is destroyed, decimated, left empty. Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters. You can picture the challenge of verse 789, the questions that he's asking. You can picture those being the same kinds of questions the Israelites might have asked as they saw Pharaoh pinning them against the sea. Now we know that they complained a little differently, But you can see the picture of it. 
And so Asaph is facing some kind of trial, some kind of despair, some kind of enemy, but he trusts in the Lord. He remembers what the Lord has done. And don't mistake verse 19 there then. Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. The people marched across on dry ground. You could have seen their footprints in the dust of the earth. But there wasn't a set of tracks for God. But he was there. He was present with them that day. He fought for them that day. He delivered them from their enemies that day, even though he was unseen. And so it is now. You may not see the footprints of God all around you. You may feel like you're walking alone, but you're not. Christ is with you. Christ dwells in you. The Spirit dwells in us. We are his. And he will be faithful to his promises, no matter how dark the day. He upholds us. And should the world take this life from us, Christ will raise us unto new life that never ends. He leads his people. Like a flock. So you've got the reference Moses and Aaron leading the Israelites in the Exodus. We have Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of Yahweh forever. And even though those fleeting emotions may tell me otherwise, I know this to be true. I know that Christ lives. Christ is risen. This is most certainly true.